is Something Blue, wedding planning with a 21st century bride and groom. My name is Aaron. I'm the bride. My name is Maxwell. I'm the groom. Today marks 574 days till our wedding day. Now, just a disclaimer, these are our personal opinions and experiences. This is not a commentary on anyone else's choices in their wedding planning process or marriage. You do you, bitch. So, let's get into it. <laughs> and uh, this week's episode, we definitely want to stress that disclaimer because we are talking about changing your last name. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that, to this day, most people still decide to do. So, traditionally, it's assumed that um, the woman will take the man's last name after marriage and then their children will hold that name as well. Um, well... As many of you have guessed, this tradition is rooted in some not-so-great things. Right. <laughs> and it's our job on the pod to find those origins and explore how they've evolved and decide whether or not we want to participate, or if we want to participate. And some of you may choose to do so. And what we're trying to say here is that that's not right or wrong. We are just, for our own, our own marriage, our own wedding, we're trying to look at things and try to do... Not what we are, ob- what we feel we're obligated to do, but what we want to do. Right, absolutely. And so, for many of you who are wedding planning, um, we hope that some of these origins and um, just some of this discussion that we have uh, maybe helps you to consider whether or not you want to do something. And then, with all that information, you can absolutely make your decision regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I find a lot of people do is that they will find out a lot of these like traditions and these origins afterwards mm-hmm. and then feel kind of weird about the fact yeah. that they participated in them. Mm-hmm. Like I know I talk a lot about like um, like my parents' marriage and their wedding and stuff, and we'll talk about yours because, I mean, that's like <laughs> those are our parents. That's right. what we know. Um, but I know my mom, like as I'm looking through all these origins of things and the traditions, like – um, she said to me like, man, I didn't even know that. And, and I think that if she had, maybe she would have chosen to do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And also you have to consider the time period and that she was just kind of like, eh, it didn't really matter yeah. to me. This is just what you do. And we're trying to figure out, you know, if, w- if, if that can change. Yeah, absolutely. If saying, oh, that's just what you do may actually be rooted in like possibly continuing to cement in some of the like ses- sexism, misogyny, mm-hmm. um, heteronormativity that we're actively trying to fight against as like modern day people. So, right. yeah. So we want to dive right in. Yes. So before we even talk about um, like changing your name or the, oh, and don't worry if you are dead set on changing your last name i promise you there's something in here for you too uh we're gonna go through all of the ways that you need to go through a name change process Mm -hmm. uh so stick around but uh the origins of a last name or a surname Mm -hmm. that's commonly interchangeable um it started in early medieval england again the time period on that is very loose Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but if you think old that's early medieval (laughs) england yeah um you were only known as your Christian name or your first name. Mm-hmm. So I use air quotes there for Christian name. What's Christian about you? Right, exactly. And so um, the rest of your name wasn't very important. It was not often documented. Um, lots of people just chose like, hey, you're Max now and I'm Aaron. Like that's mm-hmm. just kind of how they called themselves. Um, but when things became more populated, it got really, really confusing. <laughs> I really like that quote in Hercules. uh <laughs> Payne says, you remember a few years ago when everybody, every guy was named Jason and all the girls were named Brittany? (laughs) It's like everybody's, you know, you you see it like when I was going to 
like elementary school, everybody was named Brittany or oh, yeah. Sarah. And it's like Brittany S, Brittany P, Brittany D. Yeah. It's just, a, I mean, like even Abby, she, there's two Abigails in her yeah. class. Mike, John and David. Those are like, yeah. I know 12 Davids. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so last names or surnames became a thing, um, most of the time based on a lineage, Mm -hmm. uh, or occupation or locale. So like whether you like were a family of status or you like had an occupation or you were like in a certain area. Mm -hmm. So that kind of depended on, and you guys, I, from what I understand from my research, people just like picked it. Yeah. Like, it, it was just kind of like, huh, what sounds cool? They did the same thing when, like, lots of people migrated over to Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people, like, changed their name to just, like, either sound more anglicized or, like, to seem like they weren't mm-hmm. maybe from another place. And so they were just, like, when they were being documented in, they just, like, changed their names. And My, it's just like, oop, I'm just yeah. going to pick this. My last name is Johnson because I'm John's son. Right, absolutely. And that just, you know, carried. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then in the ninth century... Uh, women were considered male property by law thanks to the doctrine of coverture. What does that mean? Coverture literally means covered by. In okay. Latin. So, and women were considered one with their husbands. So in the ninth century, this document was basically brought into law, and that's when women were, uh, well, not that women were treated way better before, but now by law, women were the property of their fathers up until marriage when they are now property of their husbands gross yeah it's pretty upsetting (laughs) (laughs) um and so this began at birth for females so they would carry their father's last name under his ownership until transferred to the husband who now owned the woman so the surname for men placed them in status or in locale or in occupation but surnames for women served solely to like note whom they had like who had property rights right um and when we say property rights we mean who had rights of the woman Mm -hmm. as property (sighs) yeah and i i think one of the things that kept that going for so long is like this idea that women were now considered one with their husbands and it sounds like oh this is sweet you know this Mm -hmm. is but and it was masked that way and then people just kept going with it because you know that's what that's what they thought it was you know that's what Right. The, the thought was behind it. Well, but. you'll find that lots of people just do things because they don't think that there is any alternative. Mm-hmm. So um, this law also prevented women uh, carrying this surname from business transactions, ownership of any property or holding any kind of contract. So this was the law all the way until the Married Women's Property Acts in several U.S. states in the mid 1800s. That is one thousand years of women legally as property and nothing else all based on the surname that they held so when surnames were basically doctrined into law that came with it oh okay so for guys that just like shows okay who you are you know your status all of that good stuff and of course that came with like some problematic like if you were a blacksmith you really couldn't stray away from that because that's your surname, right? right? So of course men had some like title and responsibility to carry on that line, that lineage. But for women, the surname for a thousand years was literally making them property of either their father or their husband. Ugh, yeah. I just can't. 
And I always knew, like, okay, you know that, like, women were property, and you know that, like, you know, it's just absolutely awful. And then, of course, you consider what we're talking about when we say women is in the 1800s, white women, right? And then there's surnames that are problematic all the way up until, like, very, very recently, Mm -hmm. up all the way up until, um, like, quote, quote, freedom for enslaved people and their surnames passed down from their slave owners and stuff. So even there, the surnames become even more problematic. Right. So, Oh gosh, I can't, I just like spiral. Right. (laughs) It just makes me so mad. Um, Cause you know that this stuff is rooted in just like this problematic nature, but then we just continue to perpetuate it. And it's just, so yeah, (laughs) excuse my little rant. Um, no, it's good. <laughs> well, it's bad, but well, no the the <laughs> the information being released, you oh, know, yeah, via yeah. your rant is right. good. Right, it's 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 good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so then, in the 1970s, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned a law in Tennessee requiring the woman to assume the last name of her husband before registering to vote. So this was like one of the last laws set in place that were overturned. That basically like released women from this like uh, kind of like beholding to certain limitations based on their surname. So if if a woman like never got married, she couldn't vote um, because she wasn't attached to a husband. No. So uh, ba- a woman like she couldn't register to vote if she didn't take on the husband's. last oh, okay, name. OK. So like if I don't want to take your last name then they wouldn't let me register to vote because I have a marriage license, but I don't have the Mm -hmm. name corresponding with the husband. Mm -hmm. It was just one of those like last lingering things that kind of all but forced women to continue to take the husband's last name, you know, because understandably so when a lot of people were finally able to not take the last name, like in the 1800s, um, they started to not and men didn't like that. Yeah. So then they would put little things like that sneaky thing. Same thing with like voter other voter suppression laws. Um, that was just one of them. That all the way till the 1970s, women in Tennessee couldn't vote unless they had their husband's last name. So yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, also around that same time, the prefix miss emerged, and that's ms period. So up until then. That wasn't really a thing. It was either Miss M-I-S-S or Mrs. M-R-S. And so that indicated marital status. Either you were a single woman or you were a married woman. But this M-S period kind of establishes, um, you know, this like uh, professionalism and uh, a signifier, an identifier that is not tied to marriage. So I can be Miss Aaron, right? Miss Metz. And that says nothing about my marital, marital status. Says. If I went by M-I-S-S Mets, right, then it, I would be indicating I am not married. Mm-hmm. If I went by M-R-S Mets, that would indicate that I'm married, but I'm married to someone with the last name Mets. Right. And so there really is not, there wasn't like a a good signifier if you were married but didn't take the last name of your husband or of your significant other. And so that M-S period kind of emerged to do that and that was in the 1970s as well so it's basically for women to assert their identity apart from their marital status crazy yeah that's like <laughs> so that's kind of like where we are at right now there hasn't been a whole lot of change um like legally or like within the origin since around the 1970s now people have had lots of trends of last names and um more and more women are not taking their partner's last name um 
and there are so many alternatives that we'll get into, but that's basically the origin of it. But it's still like a majority in the same, you know, cycle as Oh yeah. Before. Oh yeah. So around 70% of women still take their husband's last name according to 2016 BBC survey. And about half of those women make their maiden name their middle name. So right. yeah. So it's still extremely, extremely common because of this. I want to give a disclaimer mm-hmm. um, because we're going to start to talk about why maybe modern day uh, people still choose to take their partner's last name. So I want to just say this to everybody who wants to take their partner's last name. It is absolutely okay. Mm -hmm. There are so, so many people who change their last name and take their partners for hundreds of different reasons. And all of these are valid. Lots of people dislike their surname. Mm -hmm. They dislike their maiden name. Um, If they think it's hard to spell, people have a hard time saying it. Um, Like my mom, her maiden name is Scumbody. Mm -hmm. And it is (laughs) a mouthful and it looks weird on paper. And she hated it growing up. Now she really likes it because... It like links her to her family. Mm-hmm. But when she was younger, like everybody used to call her spaghetti, like Jenny spaghetti. And like, you know, so she wanted to take my dad's last name because it was four letters. Right. It was easy. Um, but it's for the same reason that like people anglicize their name when they come into the country. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so that's like, again, that's completely valid. And my mom made her. Uh, last name her middle name because she still liked it and she thought mm-hmm. it was unique um, but she didn't want to have everybody struggle to pronounce it and spell it all the time right um, we have another friend who is also getting married who's same thing she hates how people always misspell her last name so she just wants to mm-hmm. like take a last name that is very like phonetically easy, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also people have estranged relationships with their family mm-hmm. and so maybe having that name tied to them like it it associates them with things that they don't want to be associated with mm-hmm. and so taking on their partner's name is really a way for them to kind of move forward and to um, join kind of more of a chosen family. Right. Um, You can just take your partner's last name because you want to. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Like everything, like all of your reasons are completely valid. Um, And whether or not you knew about these traditions and origins, you taking your partner's last name is completely okay. And we celebrate you. Um, Our job when discussing this is to look at it historically and sociologically and then relate it to how we felt about choosing whether or not to participate in it. Cause it was like a choice. Like it was a decision making yeah. process. And it is still to this day a choice for everyone. And yeah. like we completely stress all the time, it is your priorities and your decision making. Um, we just want to look at it through kind of a more academic lens, a more historical lens and see if the things that we are choosing are maybe rooted in some things that a lot of us are not aware of. And so that's kind of where we're coming from. And we're not here to shame anyone who chooses to do it, you know, because everyone has their own reasoning. Right. Absolutely. So just want to stress that again, um, because eh, it's important for you to know we're not slandering you. <laughs> also, because I'm about to get into it. So. Yeah. <laughs> So Professor Simon Duncan at the University of Bradford, um, we have a quote from him. He says, it's quite surprising that so many women still adopt the man's name since it comes from a patriarchal history from the idea that a woman or a marriage becomes one of a man's possessions. So we know this because of our origins that we just looked at. Right. But to this day, it is tied very, I mean, I'm directly, right? Most of the origins that we've looked at have really evolved over time, but this is one of those traditions that has have not ever strayed very far. Right. There's not like, oh, it has some new meaning now. We do some new practices now. 
it's not like, you know, I'm changing it because the evil spirits will recognize me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this is directly, I'm changing my name. I'm changing my identity to conform to the man's and become one of his possessions. Right. Now, while a lot of modern couples do not feel that way about each other, that is like just directly where it is rooted. In. Mm-hmm. Well, there is no legal requirement to change your last name when you're getting married. Mm-mm. Not anymore, at least. Right. There's absolutely no um, like law or anything that says that once you get married, you have to change your last name. Right. It's uh, kind of an optional thing. Right. Um, <laughs> but there are two schools of thought that um, this uh, professor, Professor Duncan uh, from <laughs> University of Bradford, uh, kind of categorized... Um, the the reasoning into Mm -hmm. so they went out and they talked to a lot of um women so this is again a heteronormative study we'll get into the heteronormativity of this in a bit um but they went and they gathered a bunch of data on engaged women women who are recently married and um, women who have been married for uh one to two years and they asked their reasoning for changing their last name and if they did right Mm -hmm. and so they got that statistic that Right around 70% of women um, still, without question, mm-hmm. changed their last name. And that doesn't include, like, anyone who hyphenates it or anyone who, you know, that is just straight, takes off their last name. and, and That's just the yeah. statistic, you know, the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. So the two schools of thought are this. The first one is patriarchal power. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, some men still insist on it, so women oblige. Mm-hmm. Hate that, but you can't <laughs> fix them all. <laughs> yeah. Like some men, I I guess just still feel like they need to feel like the head of the household, and a way that they do that is to make sure that their wife and their children have mm-hmm. their last name. Yeah, you're a man. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, um, uh, I've had two kind of different thoughts about it. Uh, and growing up, you know, it was always like, oh, yeah, that's just what you do. It, it, there wasn't a lot of thought right. behind it. Um, in my first marriage, um, she had kept the last name of her previous husband. And mm-hmm. so while we were married, she was carrying this this other guy's name. And that was not her maiden name. That was that was not her maiden name. That okay. was her, her married name from before. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to me, it just, it, you know, it felt kind of weird. It's like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's that still that legal connection there that even though it's not legally. Well, yeah. So and, it's not. Yeah. Okay. So, but you did feel that it was a legal thing. Well, I felt like, like there was some sense of being held on to something. Okay. You know? Yeah. So maybe a legitimacy thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, I want to, you know. Do you think you would have felt differently if it had been her maiden name instead of like like that she had held on to her maiden name? Oh, yeah. I don't I don't think that would have bothered me at all. Right. So it was just the fact that it was that she had changed her name, but it Mm -hmm. was from a previous relationship. Okay, Yeah. And that's fully understandable. Because like for us, you know, and we'll talk about this more later, but um, you keeping your last name, I don't. I don't care. I think that's great, you know? Right. But if that was like my last partner's last name, 
I I would definitely understand how that would be a little bit yeah exactly weird and yeah I think I would feel the same way if I was in a position to demand such things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we're talking about this patriarchal power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, others uh, say that it was their decision to change their name, um, but they opted to because of its traditional feel or this inclination to feel a part of the marriage package. Now, I'm going to talk about the marriage package a lot now that I have this information. <laughs> the, they coined this term, the marriage package, um, the, the people doing this study, and it's this kind of combination of traditions that are rooted in sexism that you participate in during the wedding and marriage process. These are things like having the father give the bride away, um, the men required to propose taking how, the man's last name. How does the proposal kind of play into that exactly it's just perpetuating the idea that the men have to initiate things and the men need to be in charge of the things okay right so basically like um there's and like we talked about way early on there's this like cross uh of like uh, like the cross of stereotypes that are both like both really sexist, mm-hmm. but some are like, Oh, only the man has to do that. And then others are only the woman has to do that. So right. it goes both ways with wedding pro- planning, you know? So it's like the man has to basically the marriage package is if these things are done in this particular traditional way, then your marriage is legitimate. Right. Your marriage is valid. It is a real marriage as like if i had proposed to you i guarantee you that not speaking from like personal knowledge but Mm -hmm. i guarantee you that just statistically some of our maybe extended family um would consider that we're not maybe legitimately getting married right be just because their notion of what marriage looks like this marriage package is that the man has to propose so Mm -hmm. saying he proposed rather than like she proposed or we decided you know um, so anything outside of what is typically known as the traditional norm mm -hmm. for an american you know catholic right you know adjacent right wedding um and it usually this marriage package is all male like rooted Mm -hmm. so marriage package doesn't include things like the woman planning the floral arrangements or anything like that it means like the traditional roots that date back to the very origins of Mm -hmm. the thing so the man giving the or the father giving away the bride Mm -hmm. you know um taking the last name her taking on household duties, all mm-hmm. of that stuff that's rooted way, way back when, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so yeah, keeping this kind of marital package, um, you know, in, in fashion mm-hmm. is playing into this patriarchal understanding of the man has the power in the household. Right. And so what I have to stress is that this is usually very subconscious. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are not actively participating in this unless like the guy's like, you have to, but even then he's probably saying you have to do this because he doesn't realize that there's really any other way to feel legitimately married. Mm-hmm. Now I have to also stress the reason that we feel like it's traditional and that we're only valid in this marriage when these things happen is because most people have just still been doing them. Yeah. Like, that's it. The only reason that we feel like this is tradition and this is how we, you know, stay feeling like we're in this marriage package is because it continues to be perpetuated. So I have a question for you. Yeah. So we just filed our taxes, right? And I filed as head of household because since we're not married yet, it's just me and Abby. So I am head of household. You have a dependent, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, my question is, 
do we play into this idea, you know, where I, when we get married and we're filing together, would I file head of nope. household or would you? I would because I'll be making more money. That's, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that, like that's my what mom, it, my mom files head of household Oh, because okay. she makes significantly more money than my dad. <laughs> Not to say that they make a lot of money. I'm just stressing how little money my dad makes. Yeah. <laughs> As an English professor, yeah. which is what I'm getting my degree in. <laughs> So high hopes woo, for us. Right. And if I'm the one making more money, then that says something about our exactly. money in the household. <laughs> <laughs> so it's based on that. It's not based on. Oh, you know, yeah. Nowadays, legally, because there's really no um, like there's no legal standing for mm-hmm. getting married other than like the tax breaks and stuff. Um, but like gender wise and stuff. No, it's not okay. that you're a man. So you have to put head of household. No, it's that it would be the person making the majority of the money would file head of household or, but even then a lot of times you just file jointly yeah, and there would be no head of household. Right. Right. Um, and so I think actually, I think that's what my parents do, but I'm, I'm not sure because I'm not married. So I don't know what the tax thing looks like. (laughs) So, uh, we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of times now it's just a financial thing, but when making these kinds of decisions, Mm -hmm. it is, just kind of understood that man is head of household because right. of those kind of mm-hmm. like back rooted things. And blech. even though back then women did all, you know, the keeping of the yeah, household the and stuff, everything. it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Oh, I, I watched this like insane Ted talk that we'll have to talk about in a completely different episode. But basically they were saying like the fact that um, like the work week and how it's established, it was created for one person to work in the household so that the other person could take care of the children and the cleaning and the cooking and all that because that is also considered a full-time job yeah and so now that like both parents work and both like you know people in the relationship are always doing it doesn't work anymore for that Mm -hmm. dynamic and so then the um salaries are disproportionate and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff because basically the the man going to work would um go and then he would basically provide for the women and the children so that the woman could take care of everything else coming home. But now that people have to both work, right. you know, so, in order to maintain a living wage. Yeah. So then it becomes who is at home. And so then their salary doesn't reflect that they no longer have that person at home. So right. then they have to compensate for that. And usually people are underpaid because of that. And so when people are talking about like equal childcare and like equal salary pay and stuff like that, it's because when the like traditional American work week was formed, it was formed with the assumption that one person would be working and one person would be at home. Right. And so once that dynamic shifts, but the um, like salary doesn't shift or the work week doesn't shift and all of that stuff, then you get things like disproportional pay mm-hmm. and like inequity with childcare and all of this stuff that is just so fascinating because like our relationship dynamic may be evolving and women may be like, you know, participating in more things, but the very institution that they participate in has not evolved around to accommodate them. that. Yeah. Yes. And so then there's all these problems. And so, yeah, I just, <laughs> whoo, there's my gender studies coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this uh, other school of thought now that we've talked about patriarchal power? Right. So, um, let's, let's just understand that literally everything is rooted in patriarchal power, but the other school, <laughs> the yeah. other school of thought is the good family. So when these women were asked, this was a good majority of the people's responses to why they were taking their, uh, husband's last name, mm-hmm. having the name 
uh, for lots and lots of people, and I say people, not just the people in the relationship, symbolizes commitment. Mm-hmm. So when you get married and you take your husband's last name, it shows that you're committed to them. My question is, how does he show he's committed? Yeah. He doesn't have to change his name. He doesn't have to figure out if it's Miss with an ISS or a MRS or a MS period. <laughs> he has no, like, ugh. So anyway, um, yeah, it symbolizes <laughs> commitment. And it ties you and any potential children together as a unit. Right. Now, this is a <laughs> lot of people's reasoning. This is actually so interesting because this Simon Duncan, who is doing this study that I was um, reading up on, he found that even some of those who initially declined to adopt their male partner's family name upon marriage switched their approach after giving birth. Right. So women may still hold on to their like a maiden name and their identity after getting married. But once they bear children, they because it's assumed that the children get the man's last name. Right. They then change their last name to reflect on their children and so mm-hmm. that they are also equally linked to their children. Which, you know, is kind of outdated too because when a child's born, you can put, you know, whatever yeah, on their... You, on their you, you don't you, have to put either of your last names. You could be like, you know, Abigail Butthole. Like, you can just, <laughs> like it doesn't matter. You can be Joe Dirt instead of Nunnamaker, you know? <laughs> boo. I, but I said buttholes. So I can't, yeah. like, boo you. <laughs> Which is worse, I arguably. Know, I know. I'm just going to call her Abby Butthole now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many cited this change to avoid confusion or frustration amongst children of parents with different last names. So basically, their reasoning when switching was not only that they wanted to feel like they were tied, but also they didn't want to cause confusion for children. Now, there Which is... It- if you think about it, really, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if you if a child has only known their life as being this is my name, mm-hmm. this is my mom's name, this is my dad's name, if if that's all they've ever known, why would it be confusing for them? Exactly, because the children like basically base their reality on their experiences. And so it is not until later that when they see other people's experiences that they make their own assumptions about how they fit into that norm. Right. And so if you just establish your child's reality as their norm, um, then it's not going to cause problems. And you can stress to them, this is our norm. Not everybody is this way, but this is how we are. It's only confusing if you present it as confusing. Right. And so without getting too personal or speaking like, you know, too frankly, we do know of people who have, are not even with their partners anymore, but continue to take their partners, uh, last name because of the children that they have together and um while that has been cited as like i don't want to confuse it, i want to make it easier for the kids or whatever there is actually like studies like sociological studies that have indicated that there is no link between parents with different names and children who feel disconnected to their familial unit yeah exactly so basically what they're saying is it doesn't matter what your name is it doesn't it doesn't confuse the children it doesn't cause any kind of disconnect with them also I I mean Abby's already five and a half years old and oh she doesn't she doesn't refer to us by our last name ever, you know? No. We are we are Daddy and Aaron. Yeah. You know, she and call me E. <laughs> she calls you E sometimes. You know, and so Or mom when she wants something. We, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um but you know, she she never uses our last names. Mm-hmm. She uses her last name in school. Yeah. But you know, that's 
there's no reason why it should be confusing if if she's not she's familiar with the relationships to the people and that extends far beyond any kind of label yeah exactly thank you yeah and so like i mean she's got daddy and she's got mommy but she's also got aaron and she's got brett right and mm-hmm. stepmom and stepdad but she doesn't even she literally doesn't say like daddy stepmom mommy stepdad she says these are my parents like, yeah that's just fully what she says and she goes i have so many parents like she always <laughs> says that and it's like yeah why we do not have to have that label especially because it's like you know it, it's like this weird hierarchy and mm-hmm. all of that stuff and it's like no and then our last names or whatever don't even come into the equation it's just these are my parents right and then when she has siblings these are my siblings like all of that and it's the relationship to the family member rather than the label that the family member holds within yeah. the unit so yeah while this is a lot of people's reasoning there is no like sociological link no psychological link between children having families with different last names uh, and any confusion or disconnect within the unit. So right. yeah, just, just something that a lot of people say and we're actually saying actually no. <laughs> yeah. So this continued trend of this good family, you know, whether actively or passively, it continues the notion that the man is the head of the household. Yeah, absolutely. So as a woman, you're basically saying um, you, the man are the primary and I am the secondary and um, this conforming kind of sets a precedent for the relationship dynamic. Mm-hmm. So a woman is essentially giving up a piece of her identity to take on the man's identity. And this, in a lot of cases, can su- again, subconsciously, we're not saying that you are actively participating in this, um, but it will subconsciously uh, communicate at the very beginning of your marriage that you are willing to um, conform and uh, kind of... Fit the mold. Yeah, and um, take other pieces of your identity and conform them to what is needed. Whereas the man has to do nothing because in this thing, this is one of those rare things where this is something that the woman is assumed to do. And the man does nothing, right? right? This is just, you do this, you take on this. And it's just, I don't know. It's very much to me similar to childbirth again, Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, we're going to do this, but then you got, you got to do all that. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, um, and so when you are taking your your significant other's last name, uh, your husband, just because, again, heteronormativity, um, you are basically setting the precedent that you are willing and able to uh, sacrifice pieces of your identity to conform to the comfort levels of not just your husband, but a lot of the time to appease relatives or avoid confusion or explanation within society. Right. Now, this is another thing that a lot of people have said is the reason for their name change. So Mm -hmm. it might not have even been any pressure from the partner, any pressure from themselves. They may love their last name and they want to keep it, but they may want to appease the in-laws. You know, they they may have expectation, religious expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, While I fully understand the need um, or the want to like not have any confusion or explanation i think that the reason we feel it needs explaining is because it's not the norm and that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be like your decision to avoid inconvenience is the very thing making it inconvenient yeah so lots of people have been cited saying like well when i'm on the playground and like they know me and they know my kid um you know i don't want there to be any confusion that i'm their parent and it's like there's no confusion because you are acting as the role of the parent. Right. I feel like that's another reason that 
um, you know, being a step parent is really hard because there's so much assumption even surrounding a last name. Yeah. And I feel like I have to live up to, oh, I deserve to be in this position, even though I don't hold this title. Mm -hmm. But I hold the title because I I take on the responsibilities and I do the jobs. Mm -hmm. And so as a society, we, we are so obsessed with labels, especially surrounding marriage. Um, that we kind of just continue to perpetuate this idea that this is what's normal and anything else needs explaining, like needs explaining. Right. You know, does that make yeah. sense? Like I'm getting real deep and real subconscious, <laughs> but like that's kind of where it lies. Well, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's going to remain confusing if you make decisions based on the fact that it's confusing. Right. Or you if know? you are so worried about things being confusing that you will basically, again, conform and change things about your identity mm -hmm. to make other people comfortable. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to change unless you push back against that. You Absolutely. Know? You know, if it makes you uncomfortable, but you know, your, your family says so. So you do that anyway, mm -hmm. you're going to remain uncomfortable. And so are the, the generations after you. Absolutely. So you have to deal with this already because, you know, at coming in as a step parent, you already feel like you have to kind of conform to this family dynamic that's already kind of been set. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> and so for for <laughs> for this last name topic to to also feel like a conformity. I, I can imagine it's easy to feel like you're you're losing yourself in that. Oh, I have felt so much guilt surrounding it because I've known from a very early age that I wanted to keep my last name regardless. Mm -hmm. I think my last name is cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I really like the idea that, um, you know, even though I'm getting married, I'm not losing any part of mm -hmm. my identity. We are coming together, you know, in, in a relationship, but that doesn't mean that I am changing as a person. Yeah. And besides your, your birth name really rolls off the tongue. Really I wouldn't want to, tack on my last name and have it be really also, clunky it's really weird because like my my first name ends in an n and then you have two n's in your name in mm -hmm. your last name so it's like Aaron duncan and mm. it's just like rah, 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 rah. like it just sounds yeah icky. it's clunky i don't like it um but but when um you know i met you and met abby and everything i started to feel guilty um not taking the last name because there's already this established unit with Max and Abby Duncan. Yeah. And if I come in and I don't hold that name, am I always separating myself right. from this already established unit? And there's, you know, I, there's also this kind of idea that, you know, Abby is not your child. She doesn't carry your genes. Right. And because you have, um, a slightly different ethnicity than her, when you pick her up from school and, you are, I mean, you're a half Hispanic and Abby is like full ass white. Yeah. Um, and you don't have the same last name. It's, it's, you know, because this is set as the precedent, this is set as like the idea of what it is. People might have a hard time, like believing you. Right. Like and that, that you're well, exactly. Ex like, yes. Yes, exactly. And so like, not only do I feel like, oh, I don't have it. Right. But then it's like, do I, and it's exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Do I have to prove to everybody that I am in this position? And you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to prove that at you all. You absolutely shouldn't. And you know what? I've just decided I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. And I have learned that ever since I started 
making that decision. And it really happened when Abby started going to school Mm -hmm. because I started to feel all of these ways as soon as that happened. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I always had to explain, oh, I'm her stepmom. Oh, I'm I'm this and Mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, always trying to remove myself from it. Um, But then as soon as I decided, like, you know what? No, I am her parent because of the roles and responsibilities that I take on in her life, regardless of any kind of like legal name that is tenored to me. Like and and when that happened, I noticed less and less like any kind of weird look or any kind of need for explaining. Mm -hmm. Also, it's really easy to one time have a conversation with her teacher and be like, oh, I'm her stepmom. No worries. Yeah. Like. And then from then on, poof, done. And they just say, hey, your mom's here. And Abby goes, cool, my mom's here. And puts on her backpack and then says, hey, Aaron, like, look at all the wood chips in my shoe. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) like, it's like we make it as complicated or as simple as we decide that it is. Yeah. And like, yeah, I her and I don't look the same but also she she kind of looks like my sister because my sister is completely different than me my sister looks full white um but so i'm just like oh yeah she she got the recessive genes no but um (laughs) also her stepdad is half hispanic as well Mm -hmm. and so when people are like because abby is tan abby is a very 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 tan child and so when people are like oh how is she so tan and me and brett are just like oh yeah that's us that's yeah. that's, our, that's our hispanic because it's just like oh that's funny you know yeah. and like and you know abby's mom thinks that's so funny too and yeah. so it's like yeah you know that's oh that's you know her step her step parents genes but because <laughs> of this this idea that you know this kind of identity matters yeah it's it's you know, it's easy for people to just want to conform for that. And that's right. you know, kind or of to what avoid. And, and it is hard. <clears throat> yeah. It is really hard to face that kind of like, I'm going to make an active decision to not let it bother me because yeah, it's, inherently yeah. it's going to bother me. And sometimes it still does bother me. But then I have to remind myself, like, I am more than a label. I am more than a name. I am the actions that I like, you know, take the responsibilities that I participate in. And I am the dynamic that I create for our family and for our child. And that has really done wonders to kind of bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that once I bridge the gap, most people bridge that gap too. And those who don't truly do not have any role in it, our life. It's easier because now that you've made that clear, there doesn't have to be a whole lot of forethought on their end. So they're like, okay, cool. They just accept it because, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Also, they're like, oh, well, we need to call Aaron because she's the one that will pick up her phone. Yeah. So like, you know. <laughs> so even when like talking to like Abby's mom's side of the family and stuff, like I will mm-hmm. be the one to have the phone calls and to have the communication just because they know, well, I'm the one who assumes that role and that responsibility. And so it's not like, well, let me talk to the dad because like, you know, that's who shares blood with her. Like this yeah. is just, we're past that. We are yeah. past all of that. And so the name that you hold, the label that you have has so little to do with your dynamic. And it truly is just based on what you decide yeah. that it means. It's a real pain in the ass. And so that's why we've kind of made the decisions based on kind of our lives, our schedule, what's comfortable for us and, yeah. and what we want our responsibilities to be. Absolutely. Now, there is another conversation surrounding um, like this kind of, oh, the woman has to take the man's last name. So there's a conversation that we need to have of exclusivity and heteronormativity. So because of this tradition that's rooted in a man's ownership of the woman, what do same-sex couples do? 
Yeah. Like this assumption of the norms surrounding surnames, just like many other wedding traditions, are so exclusive that it leaves those who operate outside of the norm at a loss for how to participate. And then there's the conversation of legitimacy. Do we need to participate in these traditions to feel legitimate in our wedding and our marriage? Or is it the assumed participation that continues to perpetuate the very ideas of normalcy and isolation around those who choose not to participate? So I think we have come to this conclusion that no, you do not need need to do any of these things in order to feel legitimate, validated, and excited about your wedding or marriage. No, you don't have to, and we'll keep saying this throughout the pod forever, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do any of this. No, you know, not at all. And the fact that most people maybe even subconsciously feel like they have to do this in order to feel legitimate is what continues to like make it feel that way. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really a conversation that like we have a surrounding a lot of things is how do you fix the system within the system? Right. It's, it's something that I've had conversations with lots of people about lots of different things, but it's all kind of surrounding that. Like how do I make my own decisions and, maybe kind of help things evolve in a more positive way when we are so actively subconsciously continuing to participate in these things that perpetuates this kind of sexism, this kind of exclusivity. So on the topic of like same sex couples and them like getting married and keeping their last names, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like encouraged and and inspired, um, you know, like uh, everybody getting everybody. Yeah. Heterosexual couples, uh, they're, starting to think like oh well you know these people are doing it and this is kind of cool you know they're keeping their identity mm-hmm. and why don't i do that yeah you know the gays truly pioneers for everything <laughs> everything uh yes just black trans women and drag queens they always they always make everything better <laughs> and then th- we the heterosexuals are the last to know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you but yeah and it, it's just I think in this day and age, it's like as somebody who is such an advocate for it, such an ally, it's like I don't want to inherently participate in a thing that may be making them feel like they are not legitimate in their relationship or their marriage. Right. Um, Not that my choice like inherently affects them at all. (laughs) See how I spun that around. You know how people are like, I don't want people to get married and they're same sex. How will that affect me? And it's like it won't. Yeah. I just spun it. Do you see you. what I? Oh, I'm so clever. You I'm are so brilliant. clever. No, <laughs> no, but seriously, like it's just kind of one of those things that it's like if on a grand scale people stopped assuming that that's what you need to do, then maybe it would feel a little bit less like right. you were so out of the norm to decide not to do that. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird <laughs> conversation. <laughs> like, well, so. I think you know it's a new conversation, so that's why it mm-hmm. feels weird. Yeah, especially because you know the origins of Mm -hmm. it. Like, once I know the origins of all this stuff, like, it just makes me want to not do any of it, you know? let's just, you know, go on a trip. I would love to go on a trip with you. (laughs) So let's transition and talk about if you are still here and still wanting to change your last Mm -hmm. name, which is, again, completely valid. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you? Um, Because there are so many reasons outside of what we discussed that you may want to change your last name. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's totally fine. So here are all the things you need to do to make sure it's legit and legal. Like, because 
that is the thing is when you do change your last name, if you change your last name on some things, but not others, there is actually kind of a legal issue. Yeah. So the very first thing that you need to do is file your marriage license or a court order. Because you're going to need that to legitimize everything else after it. Yeah. So um, (laughs) basically, because it is really hard to change your name. The the easiest time to change your name is if you're getting married or getting divorced. Right. Um, so that because it kind of streamlines it. Everything else is really, really hard. Like um, your brother was trying to legally change his name and, and he had such a hard time doing it. Right. And you have to pay for a decision regardless. Right. That is just that made me so you have to pay for mad. the submission, you know, and then Ugh. it can be denied and you'd have to pay again that to resubmit made me so upset. I think that's the reason that he hasn't petitioned again because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's oh gosh, so frustrating. So um, filing your marriage license first with your new last name is really going to streamline everything else. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing that you do after your marriage license has been validated by the courts, um, you can't do this before then. Then you share your new title with Social Security Administration. So you most likely will have to go in. You'll have to show your marriage certificate. You'll also have to bring like your birth certificate and you'll have to bring like all that stuff. Your birth certificate never changes. Like don't right. try and get your birth certificate changed. Yeah. But um, they just need proof that you are you and that you are trying to change your name. Mm-hmm. I had to get a new Social Security card because I'm a dumb dumb who got her Social Security card stolen. Um, and... Uh, I could not do it online. They were like, you need to come in because we don't think you are you. And I was like, "Ugh, that darn thief. Right. Mm-hmm. Turns out I actually in my, in the social security system had my birthday wrong. It was saying that I was in like April 24th instead of May. Right. And the reason for that is because when the hospital that I was born at switched from paper records to, to computer digital. records, the it was it, there was the, like a typo yeah a typo yeah and the lady at the social security office when i finally after hours of waiting got there she goes oh this happens all the time oh my gosh i was like what and she goes yeah you 90s babies this happens all the time jeez oh, <laughs> so um, well when i was trying to get my you know veterans identification uh set up they had mm-hmm. input my birthday as the 19th instead of the 14th. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to sign in yeah. for months mm-hmm. and was unable to because they had the wrong day. And there's literally no way for you to know that they had the wrong day unless you go in and you're like proving that you are who yeah, you are. exactly. <laughs> so you will have to do that with your Social Security Administration when Jeez. you change your name because you... The next thing, yeah, so you do the marriage license and then you need to get your new social security card. You have to do it in this order or nothing else will do that. Because then the next thing is to update your passport and your driver's license so and your state ID. Um, so you have to take your marriage license and your new social security card and you have to go to the DMV and say, hey, look. And by this point, it's going to be at one to two months out Yeah. after you have already been married mm-hmm. so then you go to the dmv and you say hey i have a new name and they're like okay and so then they'll give you a new passport or a driver's license or state id or whatever you have then if you want to change your first or middle name you have to file a court order to petition a name change so if you like are just changing your last name that's fine um and this is under california rule right every state is a little different um and so you could just change it on your license or on your um, yeah marriage license. But if you like my mom did want to make your 
maiden name your middle name, you have to do a court order. I don't know how new that is. I don't know if my mom had to do that, but I know that now that is a legal requirement in the state of California that you have to petition a name change in front of a court, just like Sam had to. Yeah. Um, before you can like make any of those changes. And this is just all of this is even more reason to get all of it done before the wedding so that by the time you're you have your ceremony you don't have to worry about it Mm -hmm. because trying to get all this done afterwards is Mm. just going to be it's going to be that much more frustrating because you're already married right and a lot of people don't like doing that because they don't like the idea of being married before their ceremony like legally but if you do get this marriage license done a couple months before, then you can get all of this stuff done. And then by the time that you have your wedding, it's all taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Because then the next step um, after you get like your state ID and all that stuff done, if you had to petition a court order, you've already done so. Then you have to contact bank account statements, like billing statements, employers and payroll. Um, if your address changes, you have to contact the post office. Um Electric and other like utility companies, credit cards, school, alumni associations, landlords, mortgage companies, insurance companies. This is huge. Like make sure that your auto, your home, your life insurance, all of your medical insurance, doctor's offices um, all have your correct name or it can be like like completely illegitimized. Like if you have an accident. Right. Um, Also, voter registration office. Make sure you have your last name as correct or they (laughs) will not let you vote. Um. Also in like investment accounts, your attorney, like you need to upload, like update any legal documents, your will, all of that stuff. Um, also like all of your, like, your social media accounts. All. Which is definitely less important than all of these other things. No, but, but you'll be surprised how many things you have to change. Yeah. You're so like, I mean, I, I ugh. have you ever gone through <laughs> and looked at your email subscriptions? It is chaos. Like how many things that you were just like, get subscriptions to i just ignore them i do too but then if you like go and look oh my god and then you have to change everything <laughs> um basically anything you have an account to needs to be updated right so just it's a it's a long process now there are services that help you like like get the process started the one that i know of is hitch switch um it's really <laughs> yeah it's a it, clever name i know it's a really popular one i think they're currently partnered with the knot which is really cool because um then it's like most people kind of already have a wedding website established or maybe a registry through the knot. So it's just like another service that they provide. Um, So basically what they'll do is they'll gather all the paperwork and list exactly what, like what and how to get your name changed where you are uh, and avoid like hiccups or stress. We're not sponsored, but like go ahead and sponsor us. Reach out. Yeah. I'm not changing my name, but that doesn't mean I won't make everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) But also I have seen like reviews that have said like, oh, I could have just done this myself. I don't want to pay for it because it just depends on how much stress or maybe how organized you are as a person. But it's, it's a nice, nice listing so that you know oh, yeah. like everything and, yeah. and where to go. I would say before you buy a service like that, just look it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then if you're still like really overwhelmed and it's like it looks really daunting, then you can hire a service because it's usually pretty helpful. So there are so many ways to modernize this last name game. Yes. So what we've elected to do, obviously, is for Erin to keep her last name. Yeah. I um don't want to change my name. Like I said, Erin yeah. Duncan sounds weird. Yeah. Um. Also, just for me, like, um, there is a Miss Duncan, there is a Mrs. Duncan. It's just not yeah. me. Um, and I have, like, you know, been comfortable with the fact that 
you know, Abby and I are going to have different last names and that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, also we have decided that, um, collectively the children that you and I have together are going to have hyphenated last names. And I think that's something that is more common now, but, um, Usually what will happen is like a woman will hyphenate her last name and then the kids will also have the hyphenated last name. Mm -hmm. But I like the idea that you have a name, I have a name, and then Mm -hmm. our kids have both of them. Yeah. And And that's what we're doing, you know, for just when we refer to ourselves as a unit in relation to other families, you know, we have the Duncans, but we also have the Mets Duncans, you know, and uh, our company Mets Duncan Productions yeah and that's like both of us yeah and it sounds it sounds cool I I like the way it sounds yeah also like um I for accolades and like uh, achievements and stuff I would like for it to be my name on that thing like um you know my my name is on my bachelor's degree it's gonna (gasps) when this episode comes out I will have officially finished my master's degree oh my gosh congratulations so so yeah so then it'll be on my master's degree (laughs) is aaron metz that's me um (laughs) that's so cool and like you know it's just like that's something that i did and even Mm -hmm. though like i've been with you the entire process of my master's it's like i don't know part of it is like you know it's your achievement then it's my identity yeah Yeah. so to take on your last name Mm -hmm. and have that on that accolade it's the same way that i feel when we talked about proposals don't propose to me during a situation where it's about me and not like the two of us you know like don't make that about you and so (laughs) i don't know (laughs) like i feel that way about the last name as well because it is it is a part of your identity regardless of the origin and so the the kind of transfer i don't know just for me it's it's not for me also i know that celebrity couples will very often keep their last name just because that is a huge part of their identity publicly yeah you know yeah and there's actually another option so you can change your name legally like on paper but you can keep your maiden name professionally Mm mm-hmm um, or vice versa. Yeah. You can keep your name legally, but you can kind of refer to yourself as, you know, if we refer to ourselves as the Duncans, even right. though I didn't have, you know, the Duncan last name. And that's just inherently going to happen anyway. It's like a stage name. You know, it's it's yeah. you choose how you're presented publicly. Right. Exactly. And so if you like that publicly, you are, you know, um, taking the husband's last name, even though maybe you did decided you didn't want to do it legally. That's fine. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's truly like up to you. A lot of people will opt to legally. We had talked about that, like maybe me legally taking it, but like not referring to myself professionally, but, um, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I, I personally, I don't think we felt that there was any point in that. You know, yeah. if you're going to refer to yourself as Aaron Metz, keep, keep the name Aaron Metz. I think you know? the only reason that I had like entertained it was thinking about kids. Yeah. And, but then when we decided like we were going to hyphenate the kids last names, then like I was like all for it. Yeah. Now the only thing that did also give me pause was like, is Abby going to feel some separation because she is Duncan and then they are Mets Duncans. But as the studies have shown, there's absolutely no link between any kind of different last name and disconnect within the familial unit. It's just, if we acted like there was a separation, then of course she would feel that. Right. But that's on us actively choosing to separate in accordance with our actions not with our names right exactly yeah so some people just be stressing about it too much you can keep your or you can take your given name like your your last name and make it your middle name yeah like my mom did yeah 
Um, I know my mom's uh, friend did that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people will um, do it and it's just kind of their decision of saying, okay, I am going to take this person's name, but I don't want to give up that other piece of my identity. So I'm going to do both. And it's, that's yeah. totally valid. It's this uh, kind of, I guess, I guess I could, I can make a case for it as being like a past and future identity. Like I am both who I was mm -hmm. and who I am becoming. Yeah. Also, my mom really didn't like her middle name. <laughs> so <laughs> um, even though I think it's nice, it's just kind of common. But most middle names are super common. Um, so you can do what we're deciding to do, like we said, with our kids' names. We're going to hyphenate both the last names. Um, some people do this with the uh, spouse. The and and this has been kind of a tradition that only the w the woman hyphenates, um, which is I I think is odd. Or people will hyphenate both. Yeah. So like, basically, it's either okay. We are going to be Max Duncan and Aaron Metz Duncan, or we could be Aaron and Max Metz Duncan. Right. Um, and so both people will hyphenate their last names. I just, I estranged friend from uh, high school, but I saw that on Facebook that he just got married and um, they both hyphenated their right. last names. And I thought that was really cool because I see very often now women will hyphenate their last name. But then the man keeps his name and does yeah. nothing. And I liked the fact that they both hyphenated it. And I know right. that's something you and I did talk about. Well, like I, I do like how Maxwell Ellen Metz Duncan kind of rolls off the tongue. And I think <laughs> that'd be really cool. But if we're not both going to do that, I don't want to do that. Right. And we had we <laughs> we had talked about everybody hyphenating it. Um, but then like, you know, just eh, we thought instead of everyone going through the trouble of changing their name, maybe just nobody does. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I found this thing. <laughs> there is an article, uh, and it's basically hilarious. Um, truly unfortunate wedding name combinations, uh, that have been found in newspapers. Yeah. Max is just fully what? jaw dropped reading these. He has not so, seen them. Yeah. I've not seen these yet. <laughs> wow. So when people, uh, like this used to happen all the time, people would put their wedding announcements in the paper. Right. Um, <laughs> and a lot of the time, if they didn't specifically put like the Duncans, right. Um, or if they were choosing to hyphenate their last name, they would put both Mets and Duncan. So they would say the Mets Duncans here. They right. are Aaron Mets, Maxwell Duncan are getting married. But there have been people who have just unfortunate yeah. last. Not that the last names themselves are unfortunate, but that um, the combination of them is just bad. It's it's just it's unfortunate. I don't even know how else to say it. So this first one, Max, go ahead, because I don't even like this word. Can, can you spell it? Can you spell so, it? So one of the last names is P-A-N. T T I. Uh huh. And the other <laughs> the other spouse is uh their last name is Gross. G R O S S. So they're they hyphenated their last name to be Gross Panty. <laughs> and <laughs> and um they're I just, wish them well. Yeah, they're just asking for their kids to get just demolished at school. That's so awful. Um there's also uh and we'll go through these quickly. 
uh, Wang and Holder. So Wang Holder. <laughs> um, best Lay. Oh, so Best. Actually, that's a, I like the last name Best. We should I, change our last name to Best. Yeah. <laughs> Maxwell Allen Best. Aaron yeah. Met, uh, Michelle Aaron, and Best. Aaron Best. Aaron Best. <laughs> um, Dr. Aaron Best. I love it. Uh, there's Golden and Showers. Oh, no. Uh, God, yeah, Reverend Reverend Golden and Doctor Showers, but as they are listed in the newspaper, it says Golden Hyphen Showers. They're Golden Showers. Ugh. But good for them on their titles. Mister and Mrs. Beaver Wetter. Uh, <laughs> These are hyphenated. These are <laughs> Bush Hacker. Oh, Cockman Dickman. Oh my! <laughs> I actually like that one. We no. should we should <laughs> no. we should change our name to Cockman Dickman. Oh my God! It says just when Mrs. Cockman thought she was finally able to get rid of the horrible surname that had plagued her youth, she went and fell in love with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no! uh, Gory Butcher. I actually like that one. That's a pretty cool one. Gory Butcher. I love that. Go go, <laughs> Miss Co- Gory and Mr. Butcher. <laughs> This one. Oh, that one is great. Okay. <laughs> the one last name is Hardy, and then the other last name is Har. So they're H-A-R-R. Hardy Har. Hardy Har. That is fantastic. <laughs> that it we should you should change your last name to Hardy and I should be Har. And then our kids can be Hardy Har. Hardy Har. That's oh, amazing. Man. That's amazing. We're uh, stealing their last name. So this one's kind of funny. One is hunt and the other is capture. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hunt capture. I guarantee you their wedding was all like hunter themed, like like forest deer. <laughs> There's No, no, no. Don't say that one. That one's upsetting. Nope. Okay. Nope. We're going to Sorry guys, you'll never know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another one is <laughs> long wee wee. W I W I. And both of those people from the photo in their announcement Completely white. <laughs> Long wee wee. God, I uh, can't. Looney Ward. Oh my God! Mo- I need everyone to know we are not making fun of like uh, any ethnic names. These are all white people in these <laughs> announcements. Well, and <laughs> we're not making fun of any of these names like alone. Like no, Looney. That's a great Looney's a great name. Ward name. is a great last name, but Looney Ward that's hyphenated together. That's funny. <laughs> uh, oh my God! And they're from Salem. They're from Salem, Oregon. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's more bacon. That's fantastic. Love that one. Um, wow. Another more is uh, party more. That's a good one too. <laughs> these these people chose that one. Mm-hmm. Like they're like party more. That's definitely what my oh, name's gonna be. Oh, look at this one um, down here, number seventeen. Uh, last name Speedy, and another last name that they hyphenated. Uh, Zipper. Speedy Zipper. That's cool. Um. Let's see. Uh, crap beer. Oh, my. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. How unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, next group is uh, the poor saps. Oh, man. So P-O-O-R-E hyphen S-A-P-P. Poor saps. Oh, goodness. Well, if we're talking about perpetuating wedding stereotypes. Yeah. Oh, so. That- those are funny. <laughs> oh man. So maybe when you're choosing to hyphenate your last name, what we are saying is not it's not for everybody. Definitely consider <laughs> how that would sound. Yeah. Also some people like some people have really long last names. Mm-hmm. And so to hyphenate it, like that's even more. And some people don't like the fact that they have big long last names. <laughs> so when we when I was in uh, uh basic military training, 
we all had name tags. Uh, and they are only so long. Like the name tags only approximately like seven inches yeah. long. And one of the guys, uh, his name was Garcia Gonzalez. Mm. And so to put that on a seven inch long tape, it, the font was just tiny. Yeah. And so the, the DIs were having trouble like reading his name so whenever they'd <laughs> yell at him they'd have to like squint and look at his oh, chest yeah. well you see the same with like football players and, and baseball yeah. players like on the, the back <laughs> exactly. of their name is like they're like teeny teeny tiny little letters <laughs> or they're like bleeding into their shoulders and yeah. stuff that's so funny oh man another thing you can do if you don't want to hyphenate your last names you don't quite want to keep your la- like if you want to have the same last name as your partner mm-hmm. but you don't want to participate in some of this stuff you can create a new last name yeah you can totally do that. I've seen people mash together their two last names. They create like a couple name. <laughs> they just like pick a different name. Like we said, it's completely legal. You can petition to change it. Like we could be like, what did we say? Oh, we said we we're going to let Abby pick our new last name and she's definitely going to pick Sparkle. Yeah, because she names everything Sparkle. Yeah. I think we should go with McGillicuddy. I think that's a great last name that we, you know, that we could be the McGillicuddies. I'm not going to validate that with a response. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's ton, there's tons of things that you can do uh, to kind of modernize this decision. And at the end of the day, you can always just keep your name and um, decide that you're not going to apologize for that. Or you can change your name to Party More. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at the end of each episode, we come to our Did You Know segment. Um, we will end with a fun fact, wedding tradition from another part of the world. I will find a fact, she will find a fact, and we try to stump each other. Yes, we will. So, do you want me to go first? Go first. Okay. Did you know that in Hungary, um, just like in the USA, the the maiden name, keeping their maiden name is becoming more popular, Mm -hmm. but it used to be that the wife would take her husband's full name, not just the surname, and at the end of his name, she would attach uh, a suffix N-E, which means his wife or his woman. Oh, wow. Now, just like in, in China and other uh, Asian cultures, they uh, switch the last name and first name when referring to a person. Right. So if your name was Greg Smith, um, he would be Smith Greg, and his wife's name would be Smith Smith Greg Nay, as wow. in Smith Greg, his wife. Oh, my goodness. So this is Greg and Greg's wife. She would be referred to as Greg's wife. Like she would not, no longer own She would no longer have name. her own name. Wow. Is this like a current tradition? Or no, was this... it used to okay. be this way. Okay. Um, it's it's becoming more popular now for... It, it says it's becoming more popular. Oh, wow. So it is still participated in. It's assumed to be. Yeah. Wow. That, did you know that? I did not know that. Now you know. Wow. All right. My goodness. That's that's a heavy one. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, at least we get to keep our first names. Shoot. Yeah. All right. So my did you know is the quick one. Um, So we're talking about celebrities and how oftentimes they will uh, keep their last names professionally, right. uh, but they'll get married and usually they get married to um, other celebrities. But the longest currently living celebrity couple to have stayed married long lasting 
uh, is Dolly Parton and her husband, Carl Dean, who have been together 57 years. Wow. And she said the key to keeping that marriage is that he has completely stayed out of the limelight. (laughs) She said um, this quote is that she says, they say opposites attract, and it's true. We're completely opposite, but that's what makes it fun. I never know what he's going to say or do, and he's always surprising me. And he likes to stay out of the limelight. <laughs> Isn't that so cute? Did you know that? I did not. There you go. There's some runner-ups, too. Like, Billy Crystal and his wife have been together 55 years. Um, Samuel L. Jackson and his wife have been together 51. Like, oh, yeah. Ron Howard and Cheryl Howard have been together 51 years. Like, there's just, like... Some really Jeff Bridges, um, Jeff and, Bridges. <laughs> and his wife have been together for 46 years. Um, yeah, like there's just like some really, really, I and really successful people mm-hmm. with really successful relationships. Meryl Streep and um, her husband Don Gummer have been together for 43. Like, just I, I love it, and I love that all of these people have separate names. Well, besides like, Ron and Cheryl, but oh, yeah, but like. But for the most part, like for for the most part, for celebrities, that is the case where because Mm -hmm. they are um, public figures, they they I mean, they might feel obligated to keep their last name just Mm -hmm. because it's part of their identity, you know? Yeah. Um, But I I think it's inspiring. Oh, yeah. I think it's really cool because I I know fantastic. Because I know on our uh, road to fame, um, <laughs> we are going to want to continue. We've actually had this discussion of when we're celebrities. Right. You know? Well, <laughs> I mean, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have been together for 38 years and they've never even been married. Yeah, exactly. They just like stay together. Yeah. I love that. And they, they said that they're like, yeah, we have our own careers. We have our own lives and we've been together and we love it. And we don't feel that marriage like they feel like there's so much toxicity in marriage that they just don't participate in it yeah. at all. And I just I find that so fascinating because like there's that stereotype that like celebrities can't have a long lasting marriage because of their like because of their life and their yeah. livelihood. Um, and it's just kind of cool to see like those and that some stand celebrities the prove that, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you are enjoying our podcast, make sure you subscribe and give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Seriously, please do. It's, and it's pretty funny <laughs> to see what you say. Uh, you can also click on the link to support this podcast, which is found on our episodes page wherever you're listening. Your contribution, no matter the shape or size, helps us continue to produce these episodes and, you know, plan our wedding, too. And just a reminder, we will be back every Friday with a new episode talking all about things wedding planning, wedding traditions, and their origins, and putting our personal spin on things as we count down to our big day. Thank you so much for listening to Something Blue, Wedding Planning with a 21st Century Bride and Groom. I'm the bride. And I'm the groom. (laughs) With 574 days to go, happy planning. (laughs) (laughs) If we change our last names, we will be the hearty (laughs) hearts. (laughs) <laughs> I really liked that one. Hardy, har, har, har. <laughs> <laughs>